All right, uh, welcome to the Real Deal Podcast. I'm Maddie Marshall, and I'm pretty stoked to have one of my best friends sitting here uh, about to do podcasts. His name is Pete Uchig. Don't try to spell Uchig, it's almost impossible. It's and pretty because, good that you said it. <laughs> and because it's unpronounceable and unspellable, he developed the nickname Mr. U very yeah. early on in his in his uh, paintball career. So, Mr. Yu, uh, how, how did that name come about? How did you get the name Mr. Yu? Uh, believe it or not, I went to school to be a uh, school teacher. And I had started teaching uh, school. And What grade? Uh, I was teaching uh, seventh grade history, even though I went to school to be, I thought I wanted to be a kindergarten teacher, which was just not a good idea. I, that boggles my mind. Uh, yeah, it boggles my mind. No, I mean, I remember the first time we actually hung out, hung out was in Mardi Gras. And, uh, and you, yeah, that you were introduced as a teacher. Yeah. And I was like, wow, this crazy ass New Yorker is uh, teaching children. Like, and I mean, you ended up being like the super nicest guy ever, but. It wasn't my, it wasn't the best idea. So that's what the kids called me and a couple guys from the team I played for heard it and it just stuck. Yeah. And that was it. So, so yeah, so Pete, he, uh, he's had quite the career. He's played a lot of teams. He was one of the foremost New York ballers back in the day, ground zero. Uh, I can still remember the first time I kind of like, I want to say it might have been the first time I met you. I might have met you before, but the very first time that it like sticks out in my mind was when uh, Todd Martinez was dating Keeley. But Nikki also liked, Nikki Cuba liked Keeley too, or they had also hooked up or something yeah, happened. Yeah. And then, uh, and so it was like quite the dramatic reality show-esque <laughs> circle of young teenagers dating or whatever in love, in love. banging hot <coughs> chicks that we're not supposed to say <coughs> yeah shh don't talk about the banging hot chicks and so then uh so yeah so i'm at, i'm at world cup and i'm really good friends with with uh, todd martinez and i also was friends with nikki cube at the time yeah. but not like as much davy was involved somehow davy yeah. was involved too yeah. not with keely um, him and Nikki were actually dating. No, I'm just kidding. But uh, <laughs> no, but it was something crazy was happening, and and all I remember was that Todd, you you guys wanted to kill Todd. That yeah. long story short, you and Nikki want to kill Todd. So Todd comes up to me and he's like, "Hey, I'm gonna beat Todd Martinez's ass." And then you are shirtless and jacked out of your mind, and you were like 220 at the time, like just this huge shirtless Italian New Yorker with like some weird bandana on like, and you guys were refing and you come over and you were like, you tell Todd that like over Nikki's shoulder, you're like, you tell Todd that we will just fucking stomp him into the ground if he talks it straight and you were like going off and Nikki was going off and I'm just like, whoa, bro, like. Yeah, I think Davey got involved and he was screaming. Yeah, and I was like, way. look, yeah. you're not going to be up Todd. Todd's a good guy. You guys just don't know him yet. Now Nikki and Todd are like yeah. super close friends and have been, and Todd now coaches Nikki yeah. oh, it's weird how it all works out in the end. But yeah, so the first time I met Mr. You, jacked yeah. out, ja- jacked and tan, out of his mind, screaming at me. But you guys won that World Cup. I we think. did win that World yes, Cup. Yes, we I think. did. Yeah. yeah, yeah. But yeah, so that was twelve years ago. Yeah, <coughs> that thir- was a long time ago. Almost thirteen years ago. Yeah. Yeah. We've had a lot of good adventures since then. We have had a lot of good adventures yeah. since then. So yeah, so Pete. New York, um, so I want to pick your brain on what it was like back then, and, and actually we had Nikki in a, in a podcast as well, um, talking about coming up in New York and what that was like, and then, uh, 
and you played for the Ironman. We played on the Ironman together for a little bit yeah. before yeah. we started Excessive. And then you played on the Ironman and won a championship with them. Yeah. And then recently you've been traveling around the world uh, just caning and destroying <laughs> little kids and recreational players' hopes and dreams in these big games and snaps. Yeah, it's great. It's glorious. <coughs> Behind every rock and tree, I'm there. Yeah, ready to hiding, torture you. Ready to ready Coming to just lay it down. Yeah. So. So yeah, so I guess let's start with talk to me a little bit about and, uh, ladies and gentlemen, if you hear me coughing, it's because I have some sort of land cold, which is rare. So I'm kind of mad at the world right now. I'm drinking an ice cold Fosters to make yeah, it better. You gotta stop kissing those nice ladies. <laughs> uh, it's not gonna happen. <laughs> um, so. So yeah, so coming up in New York, how did you even find out about paintball? Like, how did, how was how did it, how was this thing for you? I first found out of the paintball. Actually, I was doing I was fishing, and it was like a fishing show. We went to the fishing show, and there were some like crazy dudes with the camo and the paintball guns, and we're like, "Oh man, look at this! This looks like fun." Instead of shooting each other with BB guns, we'd shoot each other with paintball guns. Yeah. And that was yeah, kind of it. And started playing, you know, like everybody does in the woods with their friends. And then we're like, oh, you can actually, like, compete at this. So we put a group together and then just went from there. Played as a team, me and my buddies, for a while. And then said, I want to keep playing. And I was just the right place, the right, just like you, right place, the right time. It's like, wow, we can get good at this. And we can travel around doing this. And we can meet cool people and have... So how did you get involved in Ground Zero then? Well, the field that was closest to my house was the one Jerry Braun had and that was the guy who owned Ground Zero but he had a team called the Master Blasters and they were like the team that traveled so I was like oh wow these guys actually go more than just tri-state area like New Jersey Connecticut they go to Florida it's like whoa go to Florida for paintball so I started judging at the field and got to know those guys and they're like all right you want to travel for the and team and how old were you at this time 15 16 yeah long time ago 20 years ago but yeah then I ended up playing with them and uh, just went from there. Ground Zero turned into a pro team. And we weren't very good. Like, the West Coast teams always kicked our ass. That was, you know, you guys were way ahead of us on the East Coast. But there were a couple of young guys, and we were all trying to figure out how do we play, like, the guys out there and with our own style, too. And we kind of just... We didn't have the skills, so we had to be over-the-top aggressive a lot yeah, of times. Yeah, that was definitely the defining characteristic from, I would say... When we would play anyone from New York, anyone from the East Coast, especially from New York, particularly, those the teams from that area, and even like Bad Company, they were pretty aggressive too. Yeah, it was not as aggressive as as the Ground Zero camp, because you guys had a lot of teams at one point. There's like three different teams, yeah. but that was definitely a defining characteristic from you guys, you and Nikki and Will and Willaroy and Kikuba, all those guys. <clears throat> even the back players were more aggressive than your standard back player aggressiveness. We had, to, we had to make up for it somehow. I don't think we played as much or against as good teams. So when we ran up against you guys, it wasn't like, all right, we can methodically win this win this battle. Usually we'd have to do something to tilt the odds in our favor. And that would be trying something a little aggressive. And sometimes it worked, and a lot of times it didn't. And also, I mean, just in California and South, <clears throat> you just play more. Yeah. Well, you could. There wasn't a lot of indoor. Like, we didn't have indoors, really, to play tournament paintball. I mean, there was always, like, these slime ball, kitty litter places. Like, that's where I first started to learn how to bunker people. I remember it was, like, a 
some shithole, some some crappy indoor place. Yeah. Smelt like piss. Yeah. But the only way you could shoot guys was from like a foot away. It's like, all right, well, if I can get up to this guy before he can turn his gun on me, it can blow his head off. I remember right? playing it, and we're, we played indoor together when I came out to, in one of the main times I've been out to see you guys, but... That was a nice place, though. <clears throat> that, that was not bad. That was yeah. Cousins, right? Yeah, it was the Cousins That was indoor. a good indoor, yeah. Yeah, that was a good one. Once they started having those, then we could play during the wintertime, and that's when we really started getting better. Yeah. We actually won, we won Mardi Gras twice, once? No, once. We won Mardi Gras once, we won Sky Bowl twice, so we were starting to play a lot more during the wintertime, and then... The team just got better. But I used to hear stories about you guys like snow blowing lanes. Yeah. yeah. Like, oh yeah, we go out to the field, we you know, you snow blow a lane out to where you're gonna yeah, run so to. I'm like, what? It was so stupid, dude. What the, is the paint snow? doesn't even come out of the gun. But yeah. So wintertime paintball for us wasn't very good. But we figured it out eventually. So what made you want to transition or what was the impetus to really kind of keep it going, you know what I mean? Because Ground Zero, you know, when, when the, the switch happened in 2002, 2003 yeah. to X-Ball, yeah. and there was New York Extreme at the time. Yeah, yep. So you played on New York Extreme. Yep, yep. With, like, Nikki Vegas and Blonskis yeah, yeah. and... That was, a big, that was a big switch because a lot of the Ground Zero guys were older. And out of that whole older crew, there were only one or two guys that could still... I wouldn't want to say still compete because they still played really good paintball, but that style of paintball switched from teams with lots of back players. To, well, you know how it was. It, all of a sudden, we were the back players. Yeah. You know, like you had to step back a little bit and let the little kids come in that could fit in the bunkers, that could make it across the field with Bobby's gun shooting 390. Well, that was also. Balls a second well, that, that was when it got ridiculous because I remember, shit, I remember you and me having a conversation in like 2000 and three the first year at x-ball and we were like man this is getting out of hand you know it was like, out of control bro it was out of control because yeah, the guns of... were shooting like 25 balls a second yeah, and, and there was fast. ramping boards yeah so it was just and I it mean, hurt like hell there were, getting... were no those little pins weren't out there <clears throat> yeah there was wide no open. pins it was just wide open just what were scores of games too it was 20 chain guns yeah. at 25 minute halves yep. yep 15 man 17 man teams we just three put it lines. on dudes and those pro refs didn't even know what they are doing yet. Oh, yeah. So it was like free-for-all. Ten-minute major penalties. Like, it, it, it was crazy <laughs> out there, dude. Like, it was, it was the Wild Wild West. Yeah, you didn't play five-on-five five ever. You guys didn't even have really good guns that first year as the I remember. You guys had the basic matrixes. Dude, we had a basic... I had a single trigger a matrix that first year. <laughs> so, like, you have these little midget Filipino dudes on Bobby's team yeah. just running around... <laughs> With just chain guns, dude, shooting laser beams, like paintballs two inches from each other in the air, you know? You were not making it out to that corner. No, and so, like, but we still did pretty good, and then we got to World Cup that year, and I got, I remember the first time I got uh, uh, the DM, th the D, it was a DM4? DM4s, yeah, yeah, the yeah. DM4. It was the first up. DM, and it was the first, like, completely ridiculous, because there was, like, this arms race going on yeah. that then. Yeah. And it was a lot of it was like rinky dink too. It was like, oh, did you work on your board? Who did right, your board? Right, oh, we right. got this board for so and so. And oh, I took this guys board were trading off this. guns off in trading between games. Off. If you had a good gun, yeah, yeah, like go for find sure. your buddy, like Maddie, have yeah. a gun shoot. Yeah, you'd literally be like, oh, bro, like, dude, I got this New York Extreme Matrix, dude. It, yeah, it's the thing. Twenty five balls a second. Guys would sure. go around the teams and pick up yeah. like three you, or four guns. Yeah, you get your play. buddy's gun. Yeah. and then and you know and it, it was just completely ridiculous. But I remember. When I got I had the DM this DM four yeah. and it was 
fucking ridiculous. This gun shot like I I remember that I I remember like yesterday I like gas it up I start shooting it and I looked at it and I was like I was like yeah it just like just no no you couldn't discern in between shots it was ridiculous and then we started playing and I'm just just murdering people out there and I'm like how do you people not how do you die shooting this gun like how 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 is how is Bobby's team not winning every single tournament yeah you know it was like it was unbelievable like that gun was. I had a good event that, that, that World Cup. We didn't make it. We ended up getting knocked out because like, we had some younger guys on the team. But Yeah, I played with you. Yeah? I, I was on the team. I remember. Yeah, you got on the team yeah. like right yeah. before that. Yeah. Because yeah, yeah, I remember you called me up. and playing the Concrete Jungle. Yes. It was a oh, show. Concrete Jungle. <laughs> it's was... just torturing people out there. Spool drill. Did you, did you do the spool yeah, drill? Yeah. yeah, spool drill. I have, I have so little... Like, we'll talk to people from Europe or whatever. I don't care where they're from, but so many people are like, oh... You know, we don't have it made like you guys do in California, you know? Like, we have uh, we have to drive really far for practice. And I'm like, okay, how far do you have to drive? Like, I've heard this a million times, right? I know what's coming. They're like, oh, dude, like four or five hours? And I'm just like, Pff. Yeah, you guys are driving eight hours Kiss up. Kiss my ass, dude. You, you ever driven to Modesto in either the winter uh, or dude, the summer? No. Summer, it's 105 degrees. You're playing on concrete. In the winter, <laughs> it's 40 degrees. Yeah, it's so you can't feel your hands for, like, first five hours because you do the spool drill to start out with, and you're just murdering each other from 10 feet away yeah and then it's like rain slicked mud of about an inch of that and then concrete underneath yeah that. it was terrible out there i couldn't believe i remember because i got into a big fight with jerry on new york extreme right before that and he cut we went oh that was the summer we went away and there was that whole sort of nonsense that went on yeah we were in europe we you went got a, yeah you got a big fight with jerry jerry yeah i got cut from new york extreme so i called you guys yes like, yo do you need a guy like and i flew and this is pretty funny because two nights before I was supposed to come to practice, I was out with a bunch of guys from work. Banging on chicks, that girl's hot. Uh, <laughs> uh, um, yeah, I was out with some guys, and one of the guys got sick in the back of the cab and started throwing up. And as I was getting him out of the cab, I was like, come on, the cab driver's going crazy. He took off and ran over my foot. So I remember I barely walk at that practice. Then I went up there, but I'm like, I can't give up this one chance to try out for the team. So I went up and practiced, oh, yeah, but I was right. all I was all torn up. And, wait, 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 wait! Was that the instant karma when you danced on somebody's car and no, then dropped that... off and broke your ankle? <laughs> no, that, that was, was the Florida trip. That was the Florida trip. Oh, that was yeah. That, that was, was Oliver's fault. That uh, oh yeah, yeah, it's Oliver's fault. Yeah, we, we trashed <laughs> that town of Toulouse. That was really, really bad. Yeah, instant karma. It almost ruined my whole trip. Couldn't walk for like a week. Fast forwarding real quick to that oh, Sweden God. trip. Uh, but I, I, I just remember being in Toulouse. So me and Pete and Oliver, we are, it's 2003. 2000, yeah, three. Yeah, it was three, 2003 two or three, in three. the summer. Yeah, no, yeah, it was during the first year. Because it yes. was the first year of X-Ball. Yeah. So we go and play Toulouse, yeah. which was the seven-man World Cup yeah. at the time. and I played terrible. They called me Mr. Oot. Yeah. Well, you played with Joy Division. Yeah, it was horrible. Yeah. I, I didn't shoot one person. So you, you go wearing paintball the whole time. I never forget so that. Pete goes to play for Joy Division and is having the worst tournament ever. So instead of Mr. U, it was Mr. Mr. Oot, which is out, out. In, in Swedish. <laughs> yeah, so I was getting worn out by everybody. So you had a terrible oh event, and uh, I think we took like 
fourth or I don't know. We didn't we didn't do that great, but so then it's me, Mr. You, and Oliver, and the last night of the tournament, I just remember being it was like I'm in downtown, we're in downtown Toulouse. There's yeah. the players baseball players party. Yeah, yeah. Which yeah, is yeah. going on in some basement yeah. like dive bar. Yeah, that was pretty cool though. That was sweet. It was awesome. Yeah. It was like super fun. People from all different nations yeah. are there. Like all the people from the, the like, Russians were there. The Russians were there. And so that night it was like, okay, so Oliver is swimming in the fountain in the center of the of the city. That one little area where all those like homeless people sleep. Yeah. So there's this like city, you know, Toulouse is an old school, like most towns in Europe are old school, but Toulouse is, you know, in Southern France. So it's got a distinct flair and style to yeah, the building. Cool and, uh, and we're in like one of the oldest parts of Toulouse yeah. and Oliver is like swimming the fountain with, I think it was, uh, Junior Brown from Excessive. Cause then I then I was like babysitting Junior because Junior he was so on I, Nexus yeah right? he was on Nexus at the time so I roll up Junior has no shirt on so I have to like huh. so I, I take him and he's like for some reason the Brits when they drink they don't ever like get puke maybe they do sometimes get puke drunk but like they get like stumbling mumbling drunk yeah, like they yeah. can just drink for all night long and yeah. they never like get that's because they've been drinking since they're ten yeah it's true yeah. But they just get like stumbling mumbling drunk so. That's where Junior's at. Oliver is like swimming in this fountain, and then some French guy is like tells him to get out of the fountain. So he like chases that guy. So him and somebody else chase that guy down. Like so, the last time I see Oliver for the oh, night, I think I remember, there was a fight in the park. Yeah, with or the something. French guy. No, but that was I think that was a different year. Oh. There was a big fight. But that was a different year. So Oliver's like chasing some French guy down some random alley in Toulouse. I have Junior with me and had to get him a shirt and there's like this crazy party going on and then you fall off of a car oh. that you were dancing on. It was like complete and utter ridiculous foreign debauchery. It was awesome. Well, now now don't play like you're an angel because I remember a time you and I don't know who else it was picked up this poor dude's scooter oh, in that, Portugal. That, and that, fucking... I mean, that was Max Lundquist that they did that. <laughs> yeah, um, you guys tossed that dude's scooter for no reason. Well, yeah, no, hey, I'm not, I'm, I'm not saying I'm an angel. <laughs> that particular night, I wasn't, I was, I was saving Junior. Oh, okay. Junior, by the way, you still owe me a shirt for that. <laughs> um, but, uh, no, I love Junior. But, um, but it was just one of those, like, magical, that, that's why you play tournament paintball. Yeah, you play tournament yeah. paintball, so one yeah, day, you're gonna be on some, like, crazy adventure, and you're gonna look around and be like, holy shit, this is really happening right now. Yeah. But the best thing about that was I knew we had this like insane month oh, of, in, of Scandinavian adventure in yeah. front of us. And so I like, you know, and I've been drinking myself. So then, so everyone has a great night and then we end, go back to the hotel room and the junior sleeps on the floor and I wake up and it's like somebody had thrown up in the room and it wasn't me. So like, I'm and with Micah and somebody else was there and junior was sleeping there and the whole room smells like puke and then Angel and SK and Angel come in and they're going to like Prague so like they're they're going to Eastern Europe, we're going to Northern Europe, and um, somebody was like trying to get to the, the like a ride to the airport, and I think Michael was also going with them, or he was going to like Italy. So it was crazy. It was just like yeah, they went to Italy because there was something with that's the Brian Ravenel thing. Yeah. Oh yeah, they're going to yeah. Italy. So Michael and Ravenel are going to Italy. We're going to Scandinavia. Angel and and SK I think are going to Eastern Europe. And Junior, he just needed to get back because you know he's he's in like close to home at least you know yeah. like just across the across the pond a little bit. So anyway, and I just and I and all I have no idea where Oliver is. I have no idea where Oliver's staying. He has the itinerary. He has our tickets, and all I have is a napkin in my pocket that says Maddie exclamation point, uh, the number for our flight, um, and then like 
go. It says go to Sweden, and then uh, no, it didn't even have the number for our flight. Just the airline we're flying. Yeah, yeah, that was it. This is the napkin that I had in my pocket. So then I'm like, okay, where is Oliver? Right. So I I'm like, okay, Angel. Okay, all right. Process of elimination. Angel and SK Dynasty. Sweet. Where's Oliver? They're like, we have no idea. Yeah. We didn't see him last night. He disappeared. We're like, great. Typical. Yeah, yeah, Han Solo disappears yeah. on his own mission. So, so then I have to find, so I, self, we don't have cell phones. This is like pre-European cell phone. Yeah. We ended up getting cell phones when we got up there, but. So I go to try and find Oliver. I have no idea how we're even going to get like to the airport. We're gonna, so I, by process of elimination, after like a two hour crazy search, yeah. I find Oliver sleeping in a hotel. It was hot out right? It was, yeah, really it was super hot. hot. <sighs> And then you were already going up there. Yeah, I went with Max. Yeah. Yeah, because we met you guys at the airport in Sweden. And I remember I barely knew Oliver. You told me, kind of, I, I mean, I knew I'm playing against him, but you were like, oh, no, he's cool. We're going to have a great time when you were in New York. Yo, we have been, yes. Yeah, and that was, uh, yeah. that was the beginning of it all. But, um, great. And when did, okay, so let's go back a little bit. So you, so yeah, that first year was crazy. Yeah. And you were playing New York Extreme. Yeah. So then you came over to play with us yep. on the Ironman for World Cup that year. Just for, yeah, just ended up for World Cup. Just for World Cup. And then I went back and World played Cup. with New York Extreme for another two years. Yeah, another year or two. But there was that whole thing, like the TV thing was going on and just became a whole bunch of nonsense where we were trying to get a, a, a union started for the guys, for all of us. Yeah. Like a players union so we could have some fair stuff and that didn't go over so well with my owner at the, the time didn't really like all that so then I ended up playing with Aftershock for a year and that was fun that was more fun than anything else what like, year was that? I don't know 2005 I always forget you played five, for Aftershock yeah for one year it was yeah. great oh no that's how it happened the year I came out to see it came out stayed at your house but we played the seven man with a throw together team it was oh and you guys me, won packs right we, we, we it, won. it was the men right and we won and we won oh so this this yeah, oh yeah that was, that was that a was great crazy. story so it was like throw together team and yeah so and because i just remember that was like <laughs> the whole year where rich was like no one's going out at night we're working out and we did you know yeah. it was like hardcore building excessive up we worked our asses off and you guys show up. Ryan Williams is drinking beer out of a pod yeah, yeah. at the Seven Man. Yeah. And, like, you guys end up stomping everyone out and win the whole damn tournament. And I'm just, like, looking at Rich, like, oh, pff, god damn it. Like, <laughs> Ryan Williams and Catfish are wasted right now. Yeah, that was some of the most fun I had. It was just ridiculous. Yeah. Painful. Uh -huh. But that's how I... So Ryan was like, why don't you come play for us? And uh, so I met Ryan and I met Paxton and played with him instead of just playing against him. I was like, all right, cool. And then, uh, yeah, then I went and played with... Aftershock, which was kind of because it was that was just free for all. It wasn't there was really no organization really. All right, just go out there, play paintball, try and be really mean, win as much as you can, and we don't really care about anything else. And they had Rennick was back in the team really good then. So, what year? So that was two thousand and five. Because then I played with the Ironmen six and seven, and that's when I stopped playing in two thousand seven. Two I stopped playing in two thousand eight. Two thousand seven was my last year playing pro in the U.S., and then I stayed with my friends, the Bullets, for a couple of years in Europe, which was great. I mean, that's so, like, for me, you know, I don't, I, you're one of my best friends, so yeah. it's just your life or our lives as we've been on this crazy paintball journey, but it's kind of, I mean, you're, what I, what I describe, I was describing you to somebody recently, and they're like, oh, what are you doing this weekend? I'm like, I'm like, oh, my buddy Pete's coming into town. 
like, oh, where's he from? I'm like, oh, he's from New York. He's a firefighter in New York, Manhattan. No way, that's crazy. And I'm like, yeah, I used to be a pro paintball player. Played for Team Hungary. Like, Europe? Like, Eastern Europe? Yeah, I played for a Hungar- Hung- Hungarian team. Traveled like, to South America. You know, played on Team California for a while, too. And he's like, let me get this straight. Yeah. This dude's a New York firefighter. Played on a professional paintball team in Hungary. And also a professional paintball team out here in California. And I'm like... Yeah, yeah, that's yeah. that's about right. It's like that's so crazy. I'm like, yeah, that is. Yeah, but it's just our life. You that is kind of crazy. Don't, you don't think about it too much. Yeah, but I mean, for a while, I was I was pretty. You were running yourself ragged. Yeah, was, dude. that was gnarly, dude. For a couple of years. I mean, tell. I mean, what was that like? You that know? was. It was a little bit over the top, but it was great. Like, like give me give me like a month. Like, what would it just preparate it down? Well, I had to cover my shifts at the firehouse, so that meant working during the week, and then there was at least. Once a week, once a, once a month practice out here, and once a month practice in Europe. And then there was an event, usually, or two. So all the weekends were paintball. I lived out of JFK. I didn't know if I was coming or I was going. Hefe was, was my roommate, which was great. Which was my old roommate. Yeah, which, was how like San Diego that? friend, yeah, who'd gone out there to go, and, yeah. And he was like the, he was like the ultimate per, personal assistant. Like, I could call, I, there were a couple times where I called him, like, Hefe, could you just please look at a computer and tell me where I'm going? I was like, I'm on my way to JFK. He's like, no, stupid. You got to go to Newark. Newark, why am I flying out of Newark? Ah, I'm at the wrong airport. Ah. So, yeah, it was pretty crazy. But, I mean, I was totally single, no girlfriend, nothing. Had a job with good flexibility and was able to play paintball. It was great. Well, for people that don't know how, I mean, because your job's very demanding, but it's demanding for, like, 24 hours at a time. Yeah, we would so work, work two 24-hour for- shifts a week. So we got to work 48 hours, and you're allowed to do it in... 24 at a time so you could move it around where you could travel and it was good it was it was really good and the problem is just just mentally beat you up a little bit but if you're constantly thinking how great everything is like how could you not go on that next trip it's like all right well i don't really have time next week but the clinic's in south africa you're gonna tell me you're not gonna go to south africa and then you're not gonna stay yeah like all right so i'm gonna go to south africa for a week nah i might as well stay another week why not? Like people are like, oh, what, you create? No, why not? I gotta go. You know, you want to go to Brazil? Yeah, I want to go to Brazil. Do you have any time? No, but we'll figure it out. It's like Let's... YOLO before YOLO. <laughs> yeah. Out, <laughs> but it was great. It was great. Yeah, absolutely. That's what I, I mean. You talked about it. I think that's that's what kids got to understand that are playing paintball now is it, it's still awesome. Like that stuff happens, and you really can go on all these places. Like. If you're all the young enough, guys in the army, if you work do, hard enough. Yeah, you 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 go to all these cool places. Do, do but I mean, cool but stuff. think about like all the years you put in. So you started playing paintball when you were how old? Fifteen. So you're fifteen. So by the time you were twenty five, ten yeah. years later, but it kind of goes back to that whole like it takes ten years, it takes like ten thousand hours to master something, to to get good enough at something where you yeah, really, truly took, are really good at it. It takes you know? a long time. It doesn't just happen. Yeah. But. But when we were playing, there was always, you could always look and see there was the next step. Like, it was evolving. There was travel. Then there was making a little bit of money. You know, we never make a, never made a lot of money, but you can make some money. And there were reasons behind it. It was great. You always knew that if you worked a little harder, you could get, you know, that next, that next step up. And it was good. Yeah, within 10 years, then all of a sudden people were calling you to show up to cool places. Like, yeah, I'll go. I'm in. Sure, go yeah. America. You're going to pay me to play some paintball? All right. <clears throat> yeah, so, but then you basically had to put a stop to it, you know, because it was, like, getting yeah. a little too crazy. 
it was just too much with work. The guys at my the guys at my job are great, and they all had my back the whole time. But it was just it was just too much. Where and then I had to make a decision because I couldn't, I didn't want to play paintball or play professional paintball and not do it right, not be able to practice all the time. Like if you're gonna do something, you want to be the best at it or at least give it a hundred ten percent. I don't want to go out there and be like, all right, I could play, but. I'm not going to be as good as I, I think I can be. Or that wouldn't be fair to the team, myself. So I said, all right, 2007, we'll give it the, give it the whole world and see how it goes from there. And it worked out. Actually, it worked out really good. So how long did you play for the Bullets? Talk about that experience. Yeah, that was that's a that crazy was awesome, experience. Dude. Yeah. Because, I mean, didn't you, we, or, uh, when did you We meet? met RP in Majorca. In Majorca. Yeah. Yeah, so we taught a clinic in Majorca. Majorca is an island right next to Ibiza. In the Mediterranean, off the coast of Spain, it's a Spanish territory. Right. In but, Spain. But it's broken up, right? There was an English <coughs> part, a German part, Spanish part. Yeah. Well, there's definitely all different types of people in remember, that. Remember that nice young lady with the snake? Oh, yes, I do. <laughs> yeah. How great was that? Happened the year before when they were all wearing our jerseys. Yes, I remember that, oh, too. Oh, my God. Yeah. Except for Oliver's because he wouldn't give her a jersey. <laughs> Yeah. Remember when the agents came up and they were like, "Hey, yeah, dude." Um, it was right after the Madrid bombing. Yeah, it was the it was literally the same weekend. Yep. And we've had that happen to us multiple times. Yep, it happened in New York. It happened in New York. Yep. We taught a clinic in New York, and um, agents came by and yep. gave us stuff. They were like, "Hey, look out for terrorists! Yeah, look out for terrorists!" It was right after September 11th. Yeah, I knew things were gonna get crazy. Things got crazy after September 11th because we traveled extensively before that, and then after that, things got. Pretty yeah. crazy. Yeah, but but yeah. So I remember that one time when we were in. Yeah, so in New York, when we got that, I I always like I kept those and then I just would lose them. I put all oh, this is interesting. I should keep it. I put it in my bag. And yeah. I mean, it was so hard to keep things back then. Cause you were going. You never even know where you were coming. You were going. What's going on? Yeah. Yeah. But yeah, we met, Arby and the guys in Mayorka, and I remember. I mean, it sounds crazy, but I remember we went out the night before that clinic, and we went crazy. And we lost Oliver. We didn't think we were going to be able to find him. Remember, he was, like, sleeping under some some table in the club. No, and it was one of those things where we, like, the bus, because we had a bus yeah. that took us from the hotel. Yeah. And we didn't get any sleep. We didn't get any sleep, but Oliver ended up jogging up to the bus <laughs> as we're pulling he away. He said the janitor woke him up in the bar. Yeah, or something like yeah, that. Yeah. yeah, and he's so he's jogging up, and he ran like eight miles <laughs> back from the bar, from wherever he stayed, to get yeah. To, to, he gets there on time. But the funniest thing was he always did that. Like, yeah, that's how he got the nickname Han Solo yeah. because, at least for us, like for those Oliver's got a lot of nicknames. But I remember we'd go on these adventures, and you know Oliver would disappear. But he would always make it back. And he'd always make it back. Dude, I would get if I even like walked out of the house or the apartment, I'd get lost. <laughs> like I, there's no way I was making it back from some strange place or wherever. Yeah, that was crazy. So you met RP. Yeah, we met him there. The first time or the second time we were like cuz then we second time. I want to say it was the second time. The first time was the first pro school ever. That was the first clinic. That was the introduction to clinics to the world of paintball. I try to tell people that, that yeah, they all the don't time. believe it, right? No, no, okay. yeah. Well, yeah. Uh, uh, to give Bob Long credit, he did do clinics 
before we did clinics. Did he? Yeah. Oh, I didn't know that. Yeah, he did clinics. Really? But yeah, I re- oh. remember. Because that was like, we because I rem- and then he did, it was like World Cup, God, like 96. And he was teaching paintball? Yeah, like in the woods. It was like, oh, come and stay a day, and I guess he liked to, I, I don't know. Oh, that's go, cool. Yeah, but, no, I didn't know that. Yeah. But then, yeah, and then we had uh, our German friend. Yeah, Lars. Lars came up and was that's like, how did, well, even, how did that even happen? No, because Lars, I met Lars when I was 16. He played the World Cup with these crazy German dudes, and one of the guys I knew from Long Island played with him, and he must have stayed. And we had a tournament, and my buddy called me. He's like, hey, I got this German guy. He wants to play. Can you play on your team? And we won the tournament. And it was his first tournament we ever won. I think it was the first one we ever won, too. It was pretty big. There were like 30, 40 teams. So we went with this crazy German guy, Lars. He was young then. He had this horrible auto mag. He had like one of those Armson green barrels sound like a cannon going off every time he shot. <laughs> but uh, So I knew him from there and still talked to him a little bit. And then he heard about our trip to Sweden because that's where we did all those clinics. We started in Helsinki. Yeah. And then we... Uh, that's a whole other story. Right, we did all those clinics. And then he heard about that and he's like, hey, can we sign you up? And then he, you know, he promoted it. I got all those European guys to go, and we did the first one, which was cool. And I want to say there was, what, like 30, 40, 30 or 40 yeah, guys? Yeah, 30 or 40 guys, the first yeah. one? Second one was even bigger. Yeah, second one had like 50 guys. Yeah. And Rob Durter came out for the second one. Yeah, I remember that. You're like, hey, I got this dude. So we paid for his plane ticket. He yeah. came out and he filmed it. Yeah. And he was awesome. What a great guy. Yeah. Oh, I miss so Rob, man. I miss all so this great. stuff. He just had a kid. Yeah. But, uh, but yeah, it was... But yeah, and then, so you met RP there. Met RP there. And then, so how did that spiral into, because, you know, a lot of people at home probably be like, wow, like, how, how do you end up, how do you come to play for a team professional Budapest. team from Budapest? Yeah. Well, thanks for listening to the Real Deal podcast brought to you by paintballaccess.com. And there's a wealth of content on the site. There's videos from the past events. There's player statistics. We have stories and blogs from the top players in the game. Make sure to like us on Facebook, follow us on Twitter. You know, that way you guys can stay in touch with all the news and events in the paintball world. And to find a local event near you, make sure you check out PSPEvents.com. There's tons of affiliates all over the world. So whatever level of paintball you happen to be playing at, even if you play rec and you want to get into the game, uh, you definitely can find it on PSPEvents.com. Also make sure to follow me on Twitter and Instagram, Matty Marshall SD, and let me know who you guys want to hear from on this podcast. And if you like the podcast, make sure you tell your friends about it so we can keep doing this. So thank you guys for tuning in to The Real Deal and be sure to listen in next week.